Hi guys, welcome to the Journey Through Med podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to mentoring and motivating international medical students. And on this podcast, we'll be speaking to international medical graduates as well as international medical students to bring to light opportunities and information that will be beneficial on your journey through medicine. I'm your host, Blessing Tonyava, a third-year medical student in China. This podcast promises to be informative, enlightening, and motivating, so be sure to follow us and share the episode. This is the Journey Through Med podcast, and your journey is a story worth telling. Welcome, welcome to the sixth episode of the Journey Through Med podcast. Today we have Manelo with us today, and I remember there was a time where we were in a bus together, and we were so engrossed in reading that we missed our bus stop. And so we had to alight, stop after, and walk back to our estate. And as we were walking, we were just talking about her journey in China, how she came to China. And she was like, hey, let's just reserve all this for the episode. And here we are today. Welcome to the podcast, Manela. Thank you so much for having me, Blessing. It's a pleasure to have you here today. So today we are going to be talking about passion in progress and the importance of being passionate about medicine. So before then, can you tell us about yourself, let us into your life? Um, yeah, before medical school, how was your life? Who was Manelo? Okay, so before medical school, I think I was just a normal person, like any other person, just um, living a dream where I was waiting for reality to happen. Mm-hmm. Though when it came to me choosing something, I think I always knew that medicine was the goal right from when I was in first grade. Oh, wow. Yes, because each time we'd have career day at school and then maybe I'll be asked to uh, participate or choose what I want to be. I would always uh-huh. go with a lab coat to school. <laughs> like my mom would have one made for me uh-huh. and I will just go and line up with the doctors and everybody. So it's... It's been a dream for so many years. I just mm. didn't see myself doing any other thing. Even, Aside medicine. Yeah. Because even like for my dad, um, he wanted me to study law or accounting. So he pushed me to take courses like accounts, finance, mm-hmm. you know, history and all those things. Yeah. But then I just took them for the sake of taking them. But deep within my soul, I knew exactly what I wanted. And I remember in 10th grade, uh, my geometry teacher would push me towards geometry, like, you can do this, you could be an architect, mm-hmm. or you can study engineering. But then he really noticed that I really didn't have the passion for it. My passion and my strengths were more in sciences. Yeah. So one day, um, he found me reading a book by Dr. Ben Carson. I think it was Think Big at the time, oh. or Gifted Hands. Mm-hmm. I can't quite remember. So in 10th grade, for my birthday, he bought me um, Ben Carson's other book, which was the big picture. And then at oh. the back of the book, he wrote something for me. Like, um, I know to say you cannot be pushed to do something that you don't want to do, but I hope you find this book very inspirational. Oh. And I hope that one day you can be a neurologist, something like that, just like the man that inspires uh-huh. you. So after that, I was so engrossed into the whole medical field. I was just like, I think now I really, really want you to do really this. You really want to do it. Yes. And then I remember sitting in the living room in 12th grade because I now moved from boarding school to uh, day school. Mm-hmm. So it was a Sunday and I was watching a movie. I can't quite remember. Then I took a piece of paper 
And then I wrote it down. I was like, dear Lord, I really want you to help me to get better grades, to push me to medical school. I don't know when this thing is going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen one day. Then I kept mm-hmm. it in my Bible and I just prayed about it. So finally, grade 12 results came out and my dad was talking about how I shouldn't study uh, medicine because I'm lazy. I only study when it comes to exams uh-huh. and that's the only reason why I pass. But in medical school, you have to study every day. Yeah. And then I told him that I was going to prove him uh, wrong. And my dad said, Manila, I'm not going to pay for you. So go to medical school if you're going to fail or if you're going to be studying before exams. Mm-hmm. So my mom, being the person that she is, my parents don't really push you to the core to say, go and study this. Like, they'll give you a chance to actually do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. They'll push you, but at the point, they'll just be like, you know what, just do what you have to do. But then we advised where we could as parents. So if mm-hmm. you think you want to take this step, then fine, go for it. So my mom spoke to him and then we started pushing uh, for medical schools. And then I remember I had traveled to South Africa to see my cousin. And then they called me that the results were out and that I needed to figure out a medical school that I was going to go to. Definitely not Zambia because at the time there were so many strikes that were going Mm. back and forth. So I called one of my family friends and then later we applied for me to go to the Philippines. And I got accepted into the medical field. Wow. (laughs) This journey... And when you just talked about your geometry teacher, I was just so inspired at how the little things can mean so much. He buying the book, he didn't even know you'd get to the stage and he believed so much in your dream, in in the vision that you had. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was so, so nice. So um, coming, let's talk about your, your life in the Philippines. So you started medical school in the Philippines? Yes, but then with the way the curriculum is that side, you can't just go straight into medical school. So you have to always have a foundation program. You could either choose nursing, pharmacy, biological sciences. It all depends on you. Mm. Uh, So because their system, for them, it's up to grade 10, and then we have up to grade 12. So we are exempted two years out of the four years that you need for your prerequisite course. Mm -hmm. So for me... I decided to settle with biological sciences because everybody was like, since we're here for medical school, so why not just spend two years in pre-med, get our first degree, and then move to medical school? Mm-hmm. So the journey wasn't an easy one. First of all, um, I was slightly late by two months, so my friends had already started learning. Mm-hmm. So when I arrived, it was uh, the first exams that we were starting. I think I arrived a week before the first exam started because we used to have four exams. Mm. And adjusting to different weather, time difference, yeah. because I was coming from a region where we were behind in time and then they were ahead of time. So my brain is like when people are awake in the Philippines, for me, I was sleeping in class because of time difference. Mm-hmm. So I had to adjust in that week. Um, they speak English, which was a plus for me because I didn't really have to struggle with language uh, with barrier. Language barrier. Mm. But then the racism, I could feel it like... The first day I arrived, I could feel, in as much as they are really nice people, genuinely, like, on a large scale, they are very friendly. Mm-hmm. But then it's the people on campus, like, some of them that are not familiar with black people. And I'm like, this is the week where I have to adjust, you know, my classes, fix the timetable for me to study, write exams. And now there's time difference, there's racism going on. Mm-hmm. The struggle wasn't easy, but then you really need to know why you're in a certain place. I had to develop thick skin. And I told myself, first of all, you're not in this country illegally. Your parents have paid for you to be here. You have a visa. So don't feel discouraged. You don't feel bad because not everybody's educated about Africans or black people, Mm -hmm. you know. 
and then I just kept it pushing. I would study and do what I had to do just to get by until the exam started. Mm -hmm. So we started with the exams and slowly I started adjusting. I met uh, friends from different countries, my classmates. And yeah, they helped me through the journey since they were there two months before me. So everything started falling into place. The education system was very, very good. And it was at that time after we finished the two years where I proved my dad wrong by <laughs> doing extremely well mm -hmm. in my pre-med and then I went into medical school. Wow. Directly. I actually didn't have a gap between pre-med and, and medical, medical school. school. My gap, my resting uh, time was just three weeks. And in those three weeks, mm. I had to apply and go for interviews. Mm. Uh, and then I got accepted. Yeah. So I didn't really have much time to actually rest. Unlike some of my classmates who rested for at least six months before mm. medical school. So you started medical school in the Philippines, but now you are here in China. So at what point did the transition come in? What happened? And was China the country for you or you just happened to find yourself here some way? And my story is very funny because at a point when I was doing pre-med, mm. I wanted to quit. I remember I wanted to quit, I think after first year of pre-med, because I got tired. I was asking myself, like, do I really want to continue to be here? Because, you know, when you're so excited with the high of, I want to be in medical school, I want yeah. to be in medical school, and, and you're not shared that, it's like, you feel like you're not doing mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do, you're not living your dream. Yeah. So I remember sitting in the lobby with my friend, and then he's from, he was from Nigeria, and then he told me, Manelo, at least don't go back home without anything. Mm -hmm. You need to try as much as possible to get this degree. We're only left with one year. Yeah. And then at the time, I was already looking at Dalian Medical University when I was still in the Philippines. Oh. Yes, because someone advised to say it's one of the uh, best medical schools. It's recognized and things like that. So I was like, okay, fine. Um, so my friend told me to say, you should just hold on to that Dalian. But maybe mm -hmm. what you can do is when we finish with the premium, then you can transition. At least maybe they can credit some of the courses that you're taking now. Mm -hmm. So China... To an extent, it was part of the dream, only in the process when I was trying to transition mm. before finishing yeah. uh, my pre-med. Pre but after I finished my pre-med, I changed my mind about leaving the Philippines. And then I told myself, you know what, Manilo? I'm just, gonna just stay going here. to stay here because mm. you all, you're only left with four months. So just stay here. Mm. So China wasn't precisely like the dream from the get-go, but in the process it was. Yes, mm -hmm. then I came to China because there were some hiccups here and there. A few things happened in uh, medical school first year. I think it's a story worth sharing because share we are here to us. share our stories, yeah, right? share with us. What yeah. happened? So I think it was the second semester of first year. So normally we would have a research that we need to do in mm. uh, physiology for your full physiology grade. So it's like 30% of your final score. So whatever you've been learning in school plus your exams, that's 70%. And then your research paper covers 30% of that. So I remember my friend and I, actually were four of us in the group, but then the Filipinas wanted to be separate from the Africans because they had a problem with my Nigerian friend. Mm. So along the way, we had to uh, split the group. So we're working uh, two, two. So it was me and my Nigerian friend and then the two Filipinas together. So they didn't want to work on the research paper, but instead they wanted like a final draft or they wanted to buy a paper from somebody. We can't remember, even oh. though we're doing the same research, the paper, same we're, we're both asked to defend on the same day under the same topic, but just different papers mm. and different layouts. So because at the time, none of us had a laptop. So normally we would use the laptop in the school library. Mm -hmm. And then when we finished our research, 
uh, paper. We used to do it from our guidance counselor's office. She was helping us through the journey. So when we finished, we put our final paper on the computer in the school library. And then we saved it there. So afterwards, one of the Filipinas went, picked up our work, put it on her hard no, drive, no. and then deleted it from the computer. No, no. <laughs> and then we're only left with three days before defense. And mm -hmm. that was 30% of our physiology grade. So you need to note, so we have four major exams that we mm -hmm. write. We have the bi-monthlies and bi-weeklies. But then these exams, it's very hard for you to get that 70% that you need. And all they together. always, yes, all together to pass. So it's like you're banking on the 30% mm -hmm. that you have so that even if you're getting like 50%, you have this maybe 27 yeah, or something to come and lift you up. Yeah. Exactly. So they had deleted it. And then when we asked the lady in the office, she said, no, somebody had picked up, somebody was using that computer. And for me, instantly, it came to mind that it was the two Filipino girls. So we reported it to our physiology doctor who said he was going to look into it. And then afterwards, he never said anything. So the person that was in charge of, the, our supervisor who was checking our paper, mm -hmm. um, said he had received a, a full paper done and completed by the two Filipina girls. So we said, if, uh, wow. if we could take a look at it, that would be great. So he showed it to us since we're doing the same topic. Mm -hmm. And then we discovered everything, the citations and everything. It was just your paper. It was our paper that was printed out. Wow. So my friend and I, Judith, we said we need to approach these girls because we are only left with three days and finals are already here. At that point, I wasn't even able to study properly because now I'm thinking my physiology is mm -hmm. drowning. I need this grade. Yeah. So I walked into the library. I found her there. And then I was talking to her. I was asking her, like, why would you steal a paper that isn't yours? Everybody was given ample time to prepare. We had one whole year to prepare for this paper. So why would you do this to us three days before defense? And she was being rude. So I remember because there was a CCTV, so it was taking record of everything that was mm -hmm. going on at the time. Mm -hmm. So I remember she was ignoring me and I was talking to her, I'm like, you can mess around with anything that's mine, but just not my academic because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get good grades for this paper. And then she was just being rude. She wasn't listening to me. So I grabbed her and then I shook her. So in the process, people came and then they were like, no, you guys are not allowed to fight, a medical student and all that. So I had to... Long story short, I started going for counseling during exam period, which made it even worse. Mm. So they had to uh, have a revalida for me where they had to go through my results and see if I've been attending class. Am I a bad student? Just to evaluate to see mm -hmm. if they can push me uh, forward. And then the girl had already opened up a case at the police station and the immigration to say they wanted me to get deported. Yeah. So the school finally decided to say, would rather you drop out of the medical program um, and move either to pharmacy or dentistry or you switch schools or you just leave the country. So, so instead of the immigration people coming to deport coming you, in. so like just uh, pick a way out. So I picked huh. to leave. That I was like, I, yes. Because I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it was her country. So yeah. I chose to leave. And that was how my medical journey ended in the Philippines, at least for that part. Which That's year was this? That was um the end of my first year. So I was only left with three years before graduation when all that happened. Wow. That's a story I haven't yet told my parents. <laughs> Your parents don't know. No. <laughs> That's brave. <laughs> in which year was this? 2020? That was 2016. Mm. No, actually it was the beginning of 20. 17 because okay. we used to close around june okay so so from the philippines you went to zambia yes from the philippines i went to zambia sad as the whole situation was because i the explanation that i gave my parents was 
I was tired and depressed. I needed a change of environment. So in the process, my dad felt it like I was so overwhelmed with the whole not having a gap year in between or mm-hmm. a few months to rest. He told me to just pack everything and go. Mm-hmm. I had lost so much weight, I remember. And my mom said, one way I can help you is for you to start going to the hospital. Just so that you keep your mind everything that's going on. Because I mean, seeing your friends in school and all those things yeah. might just depress you. Yeah. So maybe just take some time off and go to the hospital. And that's how I applied in one of the university teaching hospitals back in Zambia. Mm. Under the pediatrics department. Just to volunteer. Just to volunteer and keep myself busy. Mm. So then how did you get here? How did you come to China? Okay, so China, Mm. the other year started, which was 2018. So I rested, I think I was at home for a good six to seven months. Yes, Mm. from May. I was at home and then in January, my dad started asking me what my plan was uh, with regards to school. Do I still want to study medicine? And I told him my dream hasn't yet changed. This situation hasn't changed anything. It's just that now I need to look for a place that's able to accept people around this time of the year. Because mm-hmm. February, it's very hard to find somewhere to yeah. go, especially for schools. And so we started checking, and then my older brother's friend who was in China at the time, studying medicine, advised that maybe I should just come and do a language program for four months while looking mm-hmm. for a medical school. So instead of someone helping me with a medical school, paying agent fees and all those things, why you not just I just do come? It yes, I do it myself. Go to universities and research. Yeah. And then afterwards, I'll pick up something. Mm. So. Being a Christian that I am, I had to pray and fast about it for God to give me direction and just the strength to go through the whole application process. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an easy one. Most of the schools were asking me to pay a deposit of about 2,000 RMB before I could get accepted. It, it was not for a refundable. For a language course? Not for the language course, for the medical course. For the course. medicine, okay. Yes. And then it was a non-refundable course. So if, I mean, fee. So even if you don't get, the, admitted, you don't get the admission, you, lose the money. you still lose the money. Mm. And then I just found that to be very unfair because I was asking myself, I'm going to apply to about six universities and four of them are saying I need to pay, meaning I'm losing about 4,000. What about if they all don't accept, you Mm. understand? So I was trying to weigh all those options. So while still in medical school, I mean, in language school, I was still trying to apply for medical school. And I remember so many people were chilled because they just thought everything moves easily. You don't have to stress. They Mm. had agents and everything. And towards the end of the language program, I remember so many people had to drop out. They had to go back to their home countries because they couldn't find schools and their agents were nowhere mm. to be found. They were duped of the These money. These agents. <laughs> I know. And so I, I just thank God that he gave me that direction and strength to do it on my own. And mm. I found uh, Dalian Medical. And one thing that I really appreciate about the role that my friend played by telling me to complete that um, degree in the Philippines was it was one of the reasons why I got a quick admission mm. because they looked at my background and yeah. checked that I had done something in as much as they do accept people. But I feel that the sciences, uh, the sciences and the scores that I got in high school were not as strong as the ones in, in pre-med. The yeah. Yes. So that degree actually pushed the admission process to come quickly. Wow. <laughs> so here in Dalian Medical University, you are in fifth year now. Yes. How has the journey been? How has how has it been for you? Truthfully speaking, the journey hasn't been an easy one. Mm. Everybody has their own story. Our stories are different, just like our names are different. 
it hasn't been something that has been easy. If I'm being honest, what has pushed me is the passion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different when when you're working to earn money. You'd be like, you're doing this because of the money. Yeah. Or maybe you can quit what you're doing and then look for something else to do that's going to give you money. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you can find jobs everywhere mm-hmm. in whatever field. But then when you have passion, it's different because it's that passion that wakes you up at, at odd hours for you to study. Yeah. It's that passion that even when you're so down and depressed, you cry about it in your room mm-hmm. where nobody's watching. You mm-hmm. still get up and study and get your work done, even though you don't feel like doing it. But then that passion drives you because you, you can already envision yourself being somebody mm-hmm. in life. And it's like you already envision yourself to say, I'm going to wear that white coat someday, you yeah. know? So that passion is what has really driven me up to this stage. So yeah, it's the passion that has actually brought me this far. And the hope of God as well, because I couldn't have done this alone. Um, studying hasn't been easy, especially with the COVID situation. I think that was a major drawback because sometimes when you have your friends around, mm. you're motivated to study when you see your friends studying. Yeah. Um, our grades used to be pasted sometimes in our classroom. Mm. So it's like when you see the competition that's going on, you're pushed to study. In as much as truthfully, the grades are good when you get really good scores for your mm-hmm. GPA. But then in as much as it won't really matter finally when you get the job, mm-hmm. that one just pushes you to your greatest potential because yeah. when you're not seeing people putting in the work, you're, you're kind of demotivated. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so true. So I think that was one of the drawbacks that I had when it came to the COVID. It was mm-hmm. a really, really major drawback because there are certain people that are visual learners and audio learners and studying online wasn't ideal for... For everyone. For everyone, yeah. truthfully speaking. It still isn't because it, it, it really now isn't. we are still studying online. Yes. And it's very challenging. But we are pushing through, so that's all that We matters. are really pushing through. Yeah. Let's talk about how the pandemic and everything affected your social life aside academics. It affected my social life in the sense that um, people had traveled home at the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the friends that I used to have. So I had to create new friendships with people mm-hmm. that were around because we had to work with what we all had. Yeah. It wasn't easy for everybody because it's like everybody out of the small crowd that they used to hang out with, it was only one person out of that crowd because majority had gone. Had left. Yes. Yeah. So socially, it became something that wasn't easy to handle because now at the beginning, we were all told to stay in our rooms. So we couldn't even see each other within the dorm. Wow. Yes, it was that bad. Mm-hmm. So... We started suffering from social anxiety also, where when you meet someone in the lobby or outside, it feels strange because you're used to having yeah, yourself... being by yeah, yourself. Yeah, just being by in yourself your in your room. So it really affected us that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad we are where we are now and yeah. that we've created friendships with different people mm-hmm. that stayed back. So I think that was the major mm-hmm. one when most of our friends had left. All right. Um, so let's, let's talk about uh, the challenges and the struggles that you faced both in the Philippines and here in China as an international medical student? In the Philippines, I didn't really have so many struggles, Mm. but then it was very competitive because it's a country where people are taught to come. It's Mm. different from us where in Africa, you're taught to know what you're talking about. You have to understand so that even if 
you're explaining it to somebody, the next person will still understand. You don't have to recite it from mm-hmm. the book. Mm-hmm. But then, because for that side, people are taught to cram from a young age, so they can actually cram what's written in the book. And that's exactly what the doctor is looking for. Mm-hmm. Something that is crammed when you're writing your answers. So I had to unlearn what I was taught growing up when it came to studying. Mm-hmm. And then I had to relearn the system and how things work that side. Mm-hmm. And also another challenge for me was the transition of the way uh, the education system was. In pre-med, would have the same way we have it now where you have some MCQs, you have explaining the terms, so you give definitions, and then you have your long questions where Uh you can explain. And then in medical school, we would have 200 questions of MCQs for every exam. So your anatomy, number 1 to 200, is all MCQs. Physiology, 1 to 200, 200, biochemistry, everything. So it's like the transition was so fast. It's like transitioning from pre-med with a certain system of how exams are set Mm -hmm. and how they, to the medical one where Mm -hmm. it's only MCQs. So sometimes what we'll do is even when we have the past question papers, because sometimes they'll bring questions from there. Yeah. You wouldn't even have so much time because there are 200 questions. You wouldn't have so much time to To go through through everything Mm -hmm. to recheck. So you're just like, oh, because your senior put A, this is the answer. Whenever you see any question coming out late. So it was really a struggle. Yeah. It wasn't easy. And then coming to China now, the system changed again from MCQs to more of definitions and Mm. explaining. So that one was a challenge. But then another one in China that I faced was the language barrier. Mm -hmm. Yes, that one was a struggle when I first arrived. And aside from medical school, because we study in English, I'm studying in English. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm being taught in Chinese. But then just to get your way around, because either way, when you're in a place to study, you should be familiar with your environment, Mm -hmm. the people around you. So language was really a struggle for me. But then with the technology where you have a translator, (laughs) it made life easier Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. And even with the pandemic, one thing that I was so grateful was how they set up the apps for us to use to be able to study and have live classes. Because I know where I'm coming from, it would have been a different story. But Mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful for that technology. I think that's one of the highs out of this whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know you've touched on this before, but um, what roles did being passionate about medicine play in your journey, you know, coming from Zambia to the Philippines, pre-med, medical school, going back to Zambia, coming here to China? What role did being passionate play in the whole journey? It played a huge role, but I'm just going to mention a few. I stayed true to myself and my dream. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was loyal to my dream because I knew to say if I went off the bar, I would not only be disappointing myself, but I would be disappointing society, people that believed in me, my family. Yeah. Oh, that geometry teacher. My geometry teacher, because mm-hmm. he still messages me till today, like, how's oh, medical school great, going? Great. Yes. And then also God to begin mm-hmm. with, because I mean, I asked to be here. Mm-hmm. So I needed to have that passion, that drive to push me each and every day. So I felt if I wasn't going to be true to myself and if I was going to let so many people down, then why did I begin this journey? Mm. So I had to stay true to the dream and to the passion. So it played that role. It constantly reminded me, Manelo, you're slacking. You need to study. Manelo, you're you're playing too much. Mm -hmm. It's like in as much as you need to have a social life, you need to make friends, but you just have to stay focused and true to yourself. Don't forget where you're coming from because 
you have so many people that are looking up to you. Sometimes you don't even know that people are actually looking yeah, up to you. But then true. you have so many eyes looking up to you. Just mm-hmm. the way you carry yourself, the way you handle your things. It might not even be academically. It could maybe be your spiritual life or whatever. So you just mm-hmm. have to stay true and dedicated to what you started. Yeah, staying true to yourself. <laughs> That's amazing. So now you're in your final year before, um, final semester before internship. Yes. How do you feel? It feels so surreal, honestly. I just feel like, I don't even know if I should be excited. Truthfully, someone actually asked me that yesterday. And I told them, it feels so unreal to a point where I'm not even excited. Because when I walked into the gate the first day, I'll never forget, on the 27th of August, 2018, into the building, DMU was just like, this was where I was supposed to be two years ago, but now Mm -hmm. I'm finally here. But then I was still looking forward to the future. Like, when am I going to get to semester nine? Yeah. What am I with internship? But then you need to be present in every moment. Like, just enjoy mm. the journey. That's, you that's know? very important. You really need to stay present because I missed out on being present in that moment where I was meant to be present by looking forward to the future. And now the future, and now the future, is, future yeah. is finally here. I don't even know exactly, like, where I'm going. Obviously, I have some things planned out. But it's like, I'm asking myself, like, why didn't I just enjoy, enjoy. the journey and just yeah. absorb everything when mm-hmm. it came, as mm-hmm. it came, you know? So it just feels so unreal. I'm happy. I'm grateful to God, mm. truthfully, because um, I feel like something has been fulfilled. At least a certain part has been done because this was something that I was looking forward to. When my friends graduated in 2020, my batchmates, I was always asking, when mm. is this journey going to end? I've, I'm tired. I've been on this journey for almost 10 years, almost you know? Almost 10 years. Just to get a medical degree. Mm. So I'm really grateful. And I feel like maybe that's why I'm no longer having that high of being too excited. Mm. So what what are your plans? My plans right now... Hmm. <laughs> I have so many plans. Mm-hmm. I have so many plans. But then right now, like I said, I just want to be present in this moment of mm. finishing up. Obviously, I've started my applications for my internship. I'm not only looking at Zambia. I'm looking at other countries as well. You never know um, where opportunities come from. Yeah. So I'm just not settling for one place. We know how jobs are back home. It's not easy to get into the system. Sometimes it's people that know people. Sometimes your grades could save you. But then I'm just trying as much as possible to lay my eggs in different baskets. So right mm-hmm. now, I'm just focusing on the internship. I'm not even worried about... Will I get a job afterwards? Mm. Right now, I just want to focus on the internship and preparing adequately for that. So what I've been doing now with regards to my plans, I've been talking to some of my seniors that did the internship at the hospital where I want to do it. So they've been, Yes. Mm. So they've been sending me materials of the things or the major cases that you see almost every day at the hospital. So I'm just focusing on being present and doing what I have to do. Because even if I worry about internship it's not going to come it's it's out of my control it's only going to come in january so Mm -hmm. right now i need to also be present for my last semester Mm -hmm. to be able to raise my gpa amazing amazing so bringing the episode to an end what one advice do you have for for me for us who are still on the journey for you guys that are still on the journey one thing that i'm going to tell you is do not be afraid of anything Mm. Don't allow um, people to scare you, especially your seniors to tell you this subject is harder. Focus mm-hmm. on the moment. Be where you are. Be present for the subjects that need attention mm-hmm. at that point. Do not worry about the next semester or the semester after. Another thing is getting high scores is a good thing, but then do not drown yourself in 
getting high scores and forgetting to understand exactly what you're reading because mm-hmm. you're only studying to get good scores. Cultivate good relationships with people because yeah. your classmates will really help you. These are the people that are going to push you to that point of writing your board exams and getting good grades because you started mm-hmm. the journey with them. They know the ups yeah. and downs of being a medical student. Mm-hmm. So put your classmates with you, carry each other along. And another thing, share material, no matter what. Because one <laughs> thing be that selfish. I... Yes, don't be selfish with the material that you have because you never know how how far it's going to take you. Because yeah. by you sharing with somebody, the next person will also have something that and they'll want to share with you. With you. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I learned along the way. I have a very good friend of mine, Prince. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's always yeah. sending me books. Every semester, we put our minds together. What books are we looking at? We go on YouTube, research the good books. He sends me books. I download them. All the materials that I have, I share with him. Mm-hmm. So once you start to share with people, you also open doors for people to also share with you. Yeah. Because we all need each other. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we all want to see each other at that point where we're living our dreams. So, yeah. And also, the last thing, stay true to your dream and just stay focused. And... Advice to younger Manelo, I don't think I I regret anything. It's still the same. I, like I said earlier, I've been focused and true to my dream. So just stay focused on the path. Don't lose yourself with the things of the world because you might find yourself falling off the path. Mm, stay true to your dream. That's amazing. All right, so I'll read the quote of the episode. And this is by... Stephanie Wellington, she's a physician and she blogs at Nurturing MDs. So she said, there's a reason why we went into medicine in the first place. We had a calling. Maybe it was a loved one's experience in the hospital that moved us to want to be part of the profession. Maybe it was what we wanted to change for the better. Maybe it was a deep desire to discover the cure for a disease. Our passion was alive and at work in our souls to cause us to take steps to become a doctor. We should not forget our passion. It's a valuable part of who we are. When we focus on our passion, we are inspired to move past the stress and overwhelm that is common in modern-day medicine. Instead of getting stuck there, we are motivated to find new ways to support ourselves in this new era of medicine. And we are committed to being part of it solution that will benefit the patients the physicians and the profession reconnecting to your passion means setting aside time in your day to remember why medicine was your only career choice then look for the areas in your daily activities that are in alignment with your passion to keep you inspired what do you think about this quote that's a very beautiful quote and i agree with what she had said you always need to know why you started this journey because that's what's going to help you to keep going when you remember what brought you to that amphitheater or that university for mm-hmm. you to send your application. Yeah. You know? I know we've closed off the episode, but then I remembered one day when I went into the amphitheater, the doctor told us to say all those people that do not want to be here or that were forced by somebody or do not have a passion leave. Out of 400 students, we were only like, 210 that were left wow yes people really really left because they noticed that they were just forced they didn't want Mm. to be there so for someone like that where you saw your friends leaving before you could even start classes Mm -hmm. and you remember what made you walk into that amphitheater you really need to know why you started and stay true to that yeah and i like this last part where she says um 
set time aside every day to reconnect yourself to your passion and why you began the journey in the first place. Mm. This has been a really interesting episode. And yeah, I'm so grateful to your geometry teacher for that, that book he gave you. Yeah. So thank you for joining us today and see you on another episode very soon. All right. Bye. Right? Yes. All right. So this is the Journey Through Med podcast and your journey is a story worth telling. See you on the next one. Bye.